Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Welcome back. Hi. Are your lips fully hydrated now? They are. Um, I found some Burt's Bees lip balm in my bag. Balm? Balm. Lip balm. Lip balm with acai berry. Oh, how delightful. Yeah, it says rejuvenating on it. Do you feel rejuvenated? I do. Oh, good. Indeed. It's delightful. Yeah, I hate, like, I my lips get so chapped in the winter. Yes. It's awful. Yes, me too. Awful. I, am, I hate it. I think we talked about it. I've been so dry. Um, my son actually has something called so he's gonna listen back to this in years to come and be like stop talking about <laughs> why me are you talking why about are you me? talking about me um so we've been trying to put a lot of um you know stuff on his lips and that kind of thing but he has lip liquor dermatitis lip liquor lip liquor dermatitis lip liquor dermatitis never heard of that so it's where he like overlicks his lips like underneath. And I don't mm. know if you saw, he's kind of got this like little line underneath where he licks his lips so much like underneath that he's gotten this like little bit like of dermatitis. It's like I, red. Do you notice he li- he does lick his lips mm-hmm. a lot? Yeah. Yeah. And so he's got this kind of going underneath. Oh. So we haven't gone to the doctor for it. I did Dr. Google. Yeah. And I looked it up. And so we keep just trying to put, you know, some, you know, Vaseline and things mm-hmm. to like keep it, you know, moist and all the yeah. things. And uh, it's it's a never ending battle. So yeah. I don't know if maybe we need to take it up a notch with like hydrocortisone or right. I just if he's licking it. Yeah, I, don't know if I want to put lick hydrocortisone yeah. on it. You know what I'm saying? So well, maybe next doctor's appointment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll take a look at it. But yeah. yeah, I get very dry lips too. And that's just not cool. Yeah. This winter so. has been very, very been rough. Odd, yeah. It's been a weird winter. We're supposed to be having a, like a super bad winter. Um, I'm not, I don't think we've been to school a full week since we got back off. Yeah. Break. My kiddo either. Like, because, well, and people always complain about our county letting out for snow. Um, like oh one flake like they saw a flurry that county's out of school um it is slightly true but it's kind of like i didn't realize how like elevation diverse our county is so like yeah it could be a flake or a flurry where i live in the county and then on the other end they've got six inches of snow yeah it's true so it's crazy and we used to have one like we're one of those counties that has one high school oh, for yeah, the whole county. That's true. So we bus kids in from every corner of the county. Yeah. So if you can't put a bus on the road in one section of the county, you have to cancel. Wow. I bet the kids who live closer in who, you know, don't, who get the one snowflake are like score. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we recently had to close for... Um, intense wind and flooding Um, and flooding actually is a little bit I think scarier for our area than snow 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but we had such crazy winds. Like we had people lose their roofs. Um, so I think there was some microburst, like tornadoes that happened. Um, Did you keep your roof? The county. We kept our roof. You kept your top on? Yep, kept my top on. Um, <laughs> but, like, I had kids coming up to me in the hallway. They're like, are we going to get to go home early? Are we going to go home early? And I'm like, <laughs> That's I, don't all know, they like, care I'm like I don't know what you're talking about. And then they're showing me pictures of, like, their town. Because, like, we're not a, like, one-town school. Like, we've got, right. like, I mean, it's a whole freaking county. Right. So they're showing me pictures of their town where, like, their town hall roof had blown off. There's tin, like, wrapped around the power lines. <laughs> and they're like, can we go home? And I'm like, I don't make that decision. <laughs> You're like, but I kind of want to go home. But so I would not? like to go home, too. Um, I'd love to call this. And then I went, like, had to go outside for some reason. It's sleeting randomly. Oh and I'm gosh. like, where are we right now? <laughs> like, what is It's like 45 degrees and there's ice falling from the sky. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> It was insane. Last week, we were, uh, my son's school was closed because of, we had tons of flooding. Yeah. Um, It was bad. It was pretty bad. And so he had gotten up that morning like he typically does. And he came in my bedroom and he said, are we going to school? Like he says every day. And typically I say, yes, honey, we're going to school. And I said, no, we're not going to school. It's raining. You can, you know, it's flooding. You can stay home and work with mom. And he said, um, yeah, and he starts doing this dance. And it's just this like little dance that he's doing. And he's like humming to this dance he made up. And it is the funniest thing Aww. I had ever seen in my life. And I just started laughing. It was so funny. He was so excited. And he's young. Yeah. So I feel like I can only imagine what it's going to be like as as we get older. Well, and I I keep hearing comments from people that are like, and if you live in the South, you you get this, um, of people being like, oh, back in my day, we went to school and all this snow and everything. And it's like, yeah, but we know better now. Yeah. But also at that time, you had community schools that you could get to pretty easily. Yeah. like, I'm sorry, I don't want to put 70 kids on the school bus. Right. And try to have that bus, you know, get somewhere where it can't go any farther and then have to turn around. On some of these mountain roads, it is a, like, one side of the mountain, the road, and then it drops straight off the side. And that's the thing is it gets really tricky because you would have to call off for, if, if you have within a county, you would have to call off, okay, so... This school is closed, but this school is open. But, you know, it just, it gets so tricky. It gets really hard. And, like, I don't envy the people who make that decision. Yeah. Um, But I do appreciate, you know, that we put the safety of kids. Absolutely. First. Um, And especially, like, student drivers. Yes. Like, we have so many student drivers (laughs) that, like, it makes me nervous when they pull out of the parking lot on, like, a sunny day. Exactly. I'm just like, oh, God. Perfect, clear, I'm like, if it starts snowing or if it's icy where they live, like, I don't want. I would never want my kid out on the road. Them driving in that. I never want my kid out on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's scary. And, like, a few years ago, there was a fatality in our county. Um, I mean, it's been several, several years ago, but it was because, you know, they hit black ice on their way to school. Yeah. That's why. Crashed and died. Yeah. So before you take it to Facebook, calling out your local school systems, think about the safety of the children. 
Wow. Yeah. That I don't know. I haven't seen a, anything on Facebook. Place, but, so, you know, yeah. I'm sure it's out there. I don't really pay attention to it, but. Wow. Yeah. Safety first, friends. I love that. Safety. I love that for you. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. All right. So we have a story to do. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. Let's talk about Pearl Bryan. Uh, sure. I bet you like that. Yeah. This is a story we're going to go way back way to back. 1896. I love an old tale. I know. A lot of people do. A it's, historic it's time. A, a historic tale. I like it. From a historic time. I'm excited. We're going to Fort Thomas, Kentucky. Okay. Fort Thomas is on the line between Ohio and Kentucky, so very close to Cincinnati. Just to give you mm-hmm. some, because I actually didn't know where it was. So keep in mind that um, because we're going back and forth, um, it's also close to Indiana. So we're going to kind of go back and forth within the story between those three areas. Cool. So we're going to start our story uh, in Greencastle, Indiana in October of 1872. Sounds lovely. It was a fall day (laughs) (laughs) where Pearl Bryant is born. She was the 11th of 12 children born to Alexander and Susan Bryan. Holy potatoes. That's too many. That's a lot of that babies. That is about That's a dozen. 11 too many. That <laughs> Maybe 12 too many. That's if you ask the right person. <laughs> That's too many kids. It's too many. Like I say... Three or four feels acceptable. One feels like enough. But yeah, one to none is kind of where I'm landing <laughs> right now. I feel like one is good. One says, I did it. Yeah. I had it. I saw. I conquered. Yeah. I sent it to college. Yeah. I got grandchildren. I'm done. Yeah. Good to go. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. But they didn't heed our advice. Mm. They just kept on. Right. Alexander, the dad, was a very successful breeder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He sure was. (laughs) What did he breed? Children. Ew, ew. (laughs) No, he did not breed children. No. Breathe, oh my god. (laughs) No, he he bred obviously animals. Yeah. He was a dairy operator. Oh, okay. Yes, he had a farm. (laughs) Oh my god. He produced a lot of children. He did produce a lot of children. Yes, he did yes, not he, breed he children. Didn't breed them. He didn't breed them. Yikes. <laughs> that feels illegal. He, he himself and his wife were breeders of children. No. Still doesn't sound right. <laughs> that sound good. No. Weird. All right. You know no, what I mean. They had a lot of... They had a lot of babies. A lot of babies. Here's the thing. When the mood strikes. Yeah. There was no birth control back then. People you just figured that several of them were going to die anyway, so you had to just keep having them. <laughs> when the mood strikes. Yeah. Pearl and her family... <laughs> we're just going to leave it there. Okay. Pearl and her family were very affluent within their community. Well, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Well, I mean, he was that making money. Children. Yeah. Well, yeah, you had to be. Oh, my gosh. Oh. How do you feed all those kids? Ew. Um, they were very affluent within their community and were quite the socialites, mm. just like us. Pearl grew up to be very attractive, was very charming, had many a suitor. Mm. Again, just like us. By 1895, Pearl was 23 and was described by those who knew her as vivacious, 
pretty, fond of society, and very popular. Mm. I know. Sounds like a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Why was she a bitch? Just because that's usually how those people are. That's true. You know, what strikes me about this is that she's 23. Yeah. So... In the 1800s, yeah, someone who's old. 23, she's pretty old to not be married. Yeah. So, But now I'm kind of for it. Now that I know she's unmarried at 23, I'm like, get it, girl. Yeah. Oh, oh, suddenly she's not a bitch. Oh, no. She's probably still a bitch, oh. but I'm here for it. Okay. So she's probably the bitchy old maid, but like living yeah. her own life. Yeah. Okay. Like we could be okay. friends. Oh, all right. Yeah. Here for it. Like it. Oh, the tide has turned, has it, Haley? I never said I wouldn't like her. I just said she was a bitch. Oh, I didn't think we liked bitches. Oh, I am one, so. Well, I mean, I can be. It depends yeah. on the day. All right. Okay. We'll go with it. Pearl's cousin William introduced her to his friend, a 27-year-old dental student named Scott Jackson. Scott was enrolled at the Ohio College of Dental Surgery, and the two hit it off. That sounds awful. <laughs> sorry i could never date a dentist i would love that you know why they make a lot of money well yes (laughs) and you get free cleanings well yes and they have good teeth yes and (laughs) the schedule's amazing yeah it's true like such a flexible schedule yeah like the help with the children would it's Mm. amazing I don't like the idea of... I just don't like the dentist. He's good with his hands. Yeah, but like, in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if that's where it counts. Like, ew. And he's got his hands in other people's mouths all day. Ooh. So therefore, is he cheating on you? I mean, if that's your thing, maybe. (laughs) It's just kind of a little... I don't like it. I have to get the dentist on Tuesday and I'm projecting, so... It's okay. It'll be fine. Okay. You'll be all... Is it just a cleaning? No, it's a filling. Oh. Well, I chipped a tooth down here. Oh. But they're going to fill it, so... I think you'll be okay. Um, You know, it's going to be fine. I know you'll be fine. You'll be okay. I just don't like it. It's all right. Don't put that off on me. I'll marry a just to find Dennis. and I don't know if I can be friends with him. You'll like him. Okay. We'll see. He has a great smile, a great personality. Mm. You'll really like him. Okay. We'll see. He's off every Friday at 12. He's <laughs> off every Wednesday. Nice. Yeah. Okay. He's a great guy. All right. Anyway, <laughs> he attended the Ohio College of Dental Surgery. Oh. I know. That sounds so weird. They began a secret romance, largely because Scott, while primed to be a dentist, didn't come from the most prestigious background uh, that Pearl did. So, just, so she had to secretly date the dentist? That is correct. Because he wasn't as rich as her? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I, yeah. So they kept their budding uh, relationship very hush-hush, but also that kind of adds to the excitement, right? I mean, I guess, but it's a dentist. I feel like Scott was trying to have his cake and eat it too. Mm. Like, I think this is 
from what I can surmise, it was summer break, mm. and he had, you know, come to Indiana from college. He meets Pearl. She was like his summer fling, right? So she's probably a little bit more invested in the relationship than he is, and he's like, "Yeah, we're cool from this for the summer." Have you ever had a summer fling? Yes. I don't think I have. It's not horrible. Hmm. I feel like I'm missing out. Would you like to have a summer? F- I will schedule you for a summer, f- <laughs> and a filling this summer and a fling. Okay. Um. You know, I'm I'm happy with my current partner, so I think I'll stay there for a minute. Oh yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, I probably shouldn't schedule you. Okay, well, I'll let you know if that changes. All right, and I'll we'll delete we'll, this on the calendar. Yeah, take that right just... off the calendar. All right. Well. Yeah. I took it off, but I mean, you can listen. leave it in pencil, just All in right. case. I mean. If you're listening to this, so sorry. He doesn't listen. I'm not breaking up with you. (laughs) He doesn't listen. He doesn't care. Actually, does he listen? Maybe. I think this is a question we need to ask We've talked about it. He said he was going to start at the beginning, and I told him not to. Okay. I want to apologize. Yeah. For everything. (laughs) And and to you who are listening right now, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry for everything. Same. Okay. Alrighty. Um, so yeah, that's what I think. I think that he was just this guy who was like, listen, you're just kind of like my summer fling, like mm. you're cool and all. And she was probably a little bit more like, oh, hi. She was in, more into him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's how I perceive it. Got it. Okay. So by the end of the summer, Scott goes back to school, but he continues his relationship with her long distance, right? So for them, that's sending letters back and forth. Gotcha. But again, because this is a secret relationship, he can't have his letters go to her house because her parents might find out that, God forbid. She's dating the dentist. She's dating the dentist. How dare they? So all of his letters go through William. Yeah. Who's William? The cousin. Who oh, that's right. Them, gotcha. Because he's gotcha, friends gotcha. with William. Yep, I'm back now. Yeah. Like, yeah. who is William? <laughs> <laughs> you know, William, the cousin. Forgot about so him. So all of the letters go through William, the cousin. So, because William, the cousin, knows that they're dating. But he's right. the only one who's in the know. Everybody gotcha. else. Yeah. Okay. So soon the relationship would start to reveal itself. Okay. Because uh, Pearl was pregnant. Ooh. Yeah, she happily told Scott that she was expecting and fully anticipated that he would ask her to marry him and that the two would build a family together. The opposite happened. Mm. Scott freaked out. Scott said no thanks. Scott told her that he was not going to marry her and that they did not know each other. (gasps) I mean, I just want to say that is a fair point. They don't know each other well enough to marry. Right. But you knew well enough to get her pregnant. I'm going to get preachy for a sec. Maybe you shouldn't be having sex randomly with the risk if you don't want to make any commitment. Now, even in the 1800s, mm-hmm. without condoms and birth control, mm-hmm. there were other methods to prevent pregnancy. Yeah, so, there were. Yeah. I'm not saying that they should have gotten married, but I'm saying that he should be stepping up in some ways if she chose to keep this baby. Right. Uh, which it seems like she wanted to do. Yeah. 
So on top of telling her he did not want to marry her, he also told her she needed to have an abortion. Mm. That's not safe in those days. I'm going to say this. Abortion is still a real hot button topic to this day. And I don't want to really get into any kind of political or religious discussions on this platform. So I'm going to leave our opinions um, out of this and just address this story. So just know that. Pearl was really devastated um, because this was not what she wanted. Right. So Scott explained to her that it just would not look right in social circles for her to have a baby out of wedlock because, again, he wasn't going to put a ring on it. Mm. And her family was not going to support her. Actually, at this time, Pearl had started working as a Sunday school teacher and was praised in the community for upholding such strong moral conviction and virtue. So it wouldn't do her image any favors within the church if they discovered that she was with child out of wedlock. Mm. Back in those days, even a married woman, even a married woman who was pregnant while they were like teaching, they like that didn't happen. You couldn't do that because you were looked upon as a bad role model to the children. If you were pregnant? And married. Like you couldn't teach. If you were pregnant. If you were pregnant. Even if you were married, like you weren't allowed to teach. Yeah. Yeah. So at least the children know what their teachers had been up to. Yeah. But we weren't teaching the children what they'd been up to either. (laughs) No, because we couldn't talk about (laughs) that. Right. They didn't know. They didn't know, but yet, how dare you? Right. We couldn't see them with child. What would they, what if they asked questions? Like we just tell him, we just that, say that it was the I, Lord. That's what we did with everything else. <laughs> the Lord. I was gonna say a really big steak. Was, I ate a really oh, a steak for no, dinner last like, night. Oh, we'll just tell him it's the Lord. But it moved. Ew. Oh wow, the steak's moving again. Huh, the steak's <laughs> kicking me again. That's weird. Yeah, it was the Lord. It was the Lord, it's baby Jesus. Knowing, (laughs) so knowing that it's the 1800s, she's a woman, she's got very few options, Mm -hmm. um, she was like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe I should terminate the pregnancy, I mean, I guess, I guess so, sure. Over the next few months, he started writing letters, so Scott started writing letters to William, Pearl's cousin, to give to Pearl, basically talking about, you know, ways that she could induce a miscarriage. So Pearl stated that she tried all these different ways. I don't know if she did or not, right. but she claimed she did. Um, and none of them seemed to work. She maintained the pregnancy. So around Christmas time, <laughs> Scott comes to visit and she's still very much pregnant um, around four months Four going on five months at this point. Yeah. So she's starting to really show. And, you know, it's getting to this point where they're like, oh, dear, we got to do something. Um, So (laughs) he says, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. He was like, so next month you're going to come and you're going to visit me in Cincinnati where I go to school. And I'm going to take care of you. Like, don't worry. We're going to it's going to. We're going to make this work. Pearl assumed that she was going to go to Cincinnati and that the two were going to get married. Oh. 
she was like, oh my gosh, he has seen me with his child and he has fallen in love and he is, right. he's going to step up. So yeah. I'm going to go there. We're going to get married and we're going to do this. Yeah. We're going to be a family. We're going to have so this baby. We're going to have this baby. We're going to do all these things. Mm. I guess he changed his mind. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. That is not at all what Scott was mm. thinking. I didn't figure it was. No. Scott was thinking, uh, yeah, she's going to come here. We're going to, you know, have her do the abortion. And then she's going to go back home and she's going to be on her merry way. Like, that's what he was thinking. Oh, she was thinking something totally different. That's late for an abortion, isn't it's it? It's a super late abortion. Yeah. Because, I mean, now as she's moving the next month, she would be, you know, probably 25 weeks pregnant. So, yeah, that's very far. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really far. I Super like. far. Because she's she's past the halfway point. Well, they typically, you know, for folks who have that procedure done, it's what, the first trimester usually? Yeah, usually around 12 weeks. Before yeah. 12 weeks. Before 12. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely before 16. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah, at this point, so she is so yeah, far along. so that's like, that's, I mean, like, at that point... Yeah, it's not just like... I mean, but I don't know what the procedures even looked like back then. But this also makes me think... So, I've only had one child, but I can spot a pregnant woman usually really early on. Mm -hmm. Like, I can typically be like, hmm, you look pregnant to me. Or, I think you're pregnant. Like, I'm just pretty good at picking up on that. Mm -hmm. Pearl's mom had 12 kids. 12. I had one. Yeah. I don't understand why she wasn't, like, looking at her daughter, even back then, in, like, corsets and clothes, and not go, you know, Pearly, you're looking slightly different. Yeah. You look a little off to me. I mean, but maybe with 12, she was, like, She was stop. too busy. Yeah. She just didn't have time, or maybe right. Pearl was really good. I mean, this was during the winter, so yeah. maybe she covered herself a lot, and maybe it wasn't as noticeable, so well, that could Well, and she be. was, what, number 11? 11 of 12. And she's 23, so, like... Her mom's probably pretty old. Yeah. But by pretty old in those terms, her mom was probably, like, you know, 47. Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Jeez. Probably a little older than that, yeah. but still. Yeah. Um, wow. But, yeah, you would think, like, her mother would recognize that. Yeah. Or somebody would get a clue that, like, something was a little off with Pearl. Yeah. I don't know. Just... Just saying. Hmm. All right. So on January 28th, 1896, Pearl tells her parents that she's going to visit a friend in Indianapolis and will be away for about a week or two. This would give her time to, you know, go and, you know, get married, do mm. all the things, you know, maybe honeymoon mm. and come back and then announce, guess what, everyone? We, we, we have married and we can have a big party afterward and then suddenly just talk about how, you know, our baby came early, but weighs a healthy eight pounds. <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah. like, it's insane. Our baby Surprise. is five months early, but weighs eight pounds. <laughs> oh, my god! Funny how that happens. So she hops on a train and she arrives in Cincinnati where she checks in at a hotel and registers under the name Mabel Stanley, which was her older sister's name. Gotcha. Yeah. And she actually 
checked into the hotel because when she first got there, she wasn't able to find Scott. She actually had to like send for him. Oh. Took her a while to find him. Um, and don't you love the olden days when you just, you know, popped up a fake name to a hotel? Yeah, and it was all fine. Yeah, yeah. Can't do like, that nowadays. I know. And I was thinking like if I had a fake hotel name, what would it be? And I thought about it and I was like, what about Octonaut? <laughs> no. <laughs> No. Spicy Ginger? No. That's your name. Those are, are these our stripper names or our <laughs> hotel names? I think my hotel I, name is going to be like Geraldine. That was my grandma's name. <gasps> yeah. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Geraldine? She has passed. She. Oh, God. Okay. Yes. Rest her soul. Yes. Geraldine. Um, continuing her legacy well. well i was thinking trashy hotels that's why i was thinking trashy names but i didn't think of sophisticated hotels yeah Yeah, something very nice like um bernadette pepperdine oh that sounds nice barbara westfield (laughs) you do not look like a barbara look like a barbara no what about a sharon that is not your generation. You need a more generationally appropriate name. Yeah, but none of those are fancy. Oh, do you want a fan? Well, the hyphenated last name will give you the fancy. Okay, I just like the f- I just like the the older first names. I think they're fun. I do too. Yeah, something that doesn't seem like it should be your name, right? But it is. Yeah, Lucy, like Lucille. Yeah. Yeah. Darlene. Darlene? <laughs> that just sounds hillbilly it to does. me. I don't like that. What about Lucille Uppington Smythe? That's fine. I could be Lucille. Lucille. Lucille's cute. Lucille like Uppington Lucille. Smythe. And then I'd be like, what up, Lucy? And you're like, stop. It's Lucille. It's Lucille. Remember, that's my hotel name. It's my hotel name. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm Octonaut. I stay at the <laughs> Super 8. <laughs> I'm at the Hilton. <laughs> I'm like, what's up, Uppington Smythe? I'm Octonaut. Oh, God. I entertain at the Super 8. Oh, no. Okay. Continue. (laughs) All right. So she finally gets a hold of him, and he says, okay, meet up with me at this local tavern. Where we're staying. Where we stay. We stay at a local tavern. We stay at the tavern. Exactly. We probably saw him there. Probably. So she goes to a local tavern. She meets up with Scott, who also brings along his college roommate, Alonzo Whaling. So Alonzo's there. (laughs) That feels uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know why Alonzo's here with us. Don't know why either. That doesn't feel like a proposal. And in a tavern. I don't know. And also, he knew she was coming, and he just... Brought Alfonso? <laughs> Alonzo. Oh, Alonzo. <laughs> Not Alfonso. I like Alfonso better. <laughs> I do, too. Alonzo. Alonzo. Sorry, Alonzo. It's okay. I'm sure you're deceased as well. Rest your soul. Well, of course he is. This was the 1800s. Yeah, well, you know. There we are. Everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> He brings him. So I guess the whole idea of like, oh, we're going to have this beautiful proposal is kind of out the window because yeah. now it's like, we're hey, my buddy's here. With Alonzo in the tavern. Yeah. Ooh. You got us drinking in the background. Exactly. It's bad. <laughs> 
probably making a scene. Their broken legs. <laughs> Y'all remember last races. episode or two episodes ago? Yeah. Land sakes. Yeah. So, what a pity. Mm. All right. So, they're all drinking. And unbeknownst, unbeknownst to Pearl, the guys put cocaine in her sarsaparilla. That's a party, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Freaking wired. So at this point, cocaine is used as a pain reliever, an appetite suppressant, a stomach stimulant, and an anemia treatment. All right. Can I get cocaine for my anemia? Can I get it to lose weight? (laughs) Same. Because I'll start just running around here. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. In fact... In 1885, John Pemberton, the founder of Coca-Cola, he was a chemist, Mm -hmm. he moved from having alcohol in his Coca-Cola beverage... To cocaine. To cocaine. I knew that. Made from the coca leaf. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was finally removed in 1903 after its addictive properties became an issue for competitors um, because, of course, those who were drinking it became addicted to it and kept having to buy it. So its competitors uh, were losing money because they only wanted to buy Coke. Yeah, that's what drugs will do to you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So there we are. But nonetheless, mm. I was thinking about that. How did these guys just end up with cocaine? But it wasn't like they had a dealer. <laughs> it could have been you. They could have just It was said, us in the back of the tavern. It was us. They, they bought coke from us. Yeah, we were dealing drugs in our past <laughs> life, apparently. Apparently so. Drinking at the tavern, doing sack races <laughs> in our potato, in our tater sacks. It went upstairs to sleep together in some <laughs> To sleep beside each to other. To share a bed. To share to our straw mattress. Unless you're shipping us and then whatever. Then, you know, whatever you, know, whatever you want us to do. That's fine. Uh, but yes, so apparently we were doing that. But I was thinking, he went to a dental school. So if this was used as some kind oh, of pain yeah, reliever. he would have access to exactly, it. Exactly. Okay. So he would have access to it. Maybe that's why he brought Alonzo. Alonzo had the coke. <laughs> he was the dealer. He was the dealer. He, there, there we are. Yes, yes. So she was sipping on her drink with the cocaine in it. Okay. So he was thinking, okay, this is going to induce a miscarriage. Right. This is the thing that is going to... Because... If it's a stomach stimulant, he is thinking that it's going to cause cramping mm. within the uterus, which will abort the fetus. Right. And so that is his mindset. So they um, waited. They actually took her back to their apartment or dorm. I'm not really sure what they were sharing, but their shared space. And they waited several hours. Nothing happened. No, um, she's just high. She's just high and probably running around like a chicken with probably. her head cut off. Um, the two men, feeling like they had no other options, decided they had to take some swift action. Okay. Pearl was feeling little discomfort due to the cocaine. Yeah. She was feeling very much alive and, you know, having a good old time. When the two men took out a knife, Oy. they began to stab her in the back. Oh, my God. So it is taking a drastic turn. Whoa. Yeah, um, I guess the rationale was, we got to do something about this. Like, we we can't have a baby. She's here. 
we can't have her going back. Like, there's no turning back now. There is. There is turning there back. There is turning there back. There is saying, like, let's get you drug free. Yeah. And let's send yeah. you on a train home. Yeah, and you can just deal with it. Or them. let's, you know, you had sex with her. You are the father of this baby. Yeah. Put a ring on it. Yeah. Like, this and is the 1800s. Up. This is what you're going to have to do. Yeah. So, this is too your bad, option. so bad. You know, so sad. So, they started stabbing her. Pearl was putting up a fight in an attempt to save her life and the life of her unborn baby. She was slashed across the palms of her hand as she tried to protect her face and her neck from the sharp blade. Yeah. Pearl was still breathing when one man, and I'm not sure which one, held her hands with one arm and with the other held her head and tilted it backwards. The other man, I'm not sure which, decapitated oh my god yes yes so completely severing her head from her body we went from cocaine to decapitation so this was quickly so fast and meanwhile we were had nothing to do with it we were were still in the the tavern still the tavern (laughs) we said man that's a weird bunch leaving here (laughs) that's what we said yeah we're like that's strange yeah wonder what's happening over there yeah yeah we went back to our straw mattress. and i said i think she's pregnant oh i did have a clue oh okay yeah i said nah. I, said, <laughs> I said just say no to drugs i think that lady's pregnant oh okay yeah so then i put my drugs back <laughs> we didn't sell them drugs <laughs> we didn't sell them no. drugs no we said oh not them she might be pregnant we shouldn't sell them drugs <laughs> Look at us being moral back then. Yeah. yeah. Even while we're selling drugs. We said not the pregnant one. Anybody but her. Also, maybe not that 12-year-old sitting over there. No. That just got out of working in the mill. 1800s Holly and Haley were uh, good quality humans. Yeah. yeah. Look at us. Yeah, we made our choices. We did. Good job. Nice. Good. Yeah. Good. Go us. So, they took her headless body and placed it behind a building in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. So they drove it to Kentucky and just kind of dropped it behind a building. It was discovered several days later on February 1st by a 17-year-old farmhand named Johnny Hewling. Can you imagine? It's a bad time for Johnny. Walking along and you find a headless corpse? Oh my gosh. She was identified by the type of shoes she was wearing as they were specially made in Greencastle, Indiana Mm -hmm. for her. Oh. Yeah. Her mother was also able to identify her by a mole on her thumb. Mm. Yeah. That's sad. The coroner determined that the female corpse was five months pregnant and also determined that there was cocaine in her stomach. Pearl's head was never recovered. (gasps) And her headless body was buried in Forest Hill Cemetery, where her parents would later be buried back in Indiana. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the cousin, after all this goes on and Mm -hmm. happens, gives up the secret boyfriend Mm. and says, hey, guess what? I knew that Pearl was pregnant, and this is the guy that she was pregnant by. I think that you should look into him because, you know. Yeah, probably. He tried to induce this miscarriage and, you know, was given her ways that she could abort the fetus via all these letters. So you may want to check this guy out. So 
Yeah. Take a look. He might be slightly shady. You may want to check it out. So the police bring in Scott, the boyfriend, and later on, Alonzo, for some questioning. Mm. Scott admits to killing Pearl after going too far trying to abort the pregnancy. the wrong end what it's the wrong end if you're trying to do an abortion <clears throat> you're not near the head right do you just slip and whoops decapitation <laughs> i think he panicked i think yeah yeah i, think I mean he, he definitely just... wasn't trying to i think the decapitation was so she wouldn't be identified maybe I think that's what it was. I think that he, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. Because there was kind of no going back. I think that he thought, like, we have to kill her. And that was something that he and his roommate decided, like, gotta get rid. Yeah. So they, I think removing her head was that so that she wouldn't be easily identified. But she was still alive. When they did that. Yeah. But I don't know if they knew she was still alive. Maybe they knew she was still alive. I don't know. That's way... I don't know. It's so twisted. Um, Yeah. When asked by the police where the severed head was, they each gave a bunch of random stories. Like Mm -hmm. Alonzo and Scott were like given random stories. So some of those included dumping it in the bottom of the Ohio River... In a sandbar in Dayton, Kentucky, they also claimed that it was in the Erie Canal, which was actually drained, but no head was ever found. Yeah. It was later theorized by police that the two men had burned Pearl's head in the dental school's furnace. Yeah. To this day. Dentists. Bad news. Except for my dental husband, who is off every Wednesday (laughs) and Friday by noon. (laughs) Who can pick the child up from school. It's great. Uh, To this day, the head has never been found. Wow. Yeah. Scott's trial for first-degree murder began on April 21st, some three months after the crime, and lasted about four weeks. Mm. His roommate, Alonzo's trial, uh, started on May 26th and ended around June 18th. So both trials lasted around a month, which for the 1800s was pretty good. Yeah, feels like it's a, it's a long time. Yeah, because most trials in the 1800s were like, you know, two She's days. a witch. Bye. <laughs> Just your trial. Yeah. Just yours. Like, she sold them coke. She's a witch. She's a witch. <laughs> Drown her. <laughs> like, all right. Put her on that blanket of straw. Yeah. Light it a fire. And light it a fire. Peace. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah, so they they at least gave them what, what I would consider for the 1800s to be a relatively fair trial. Sure. All right. <laughs> The trials were actually a spectacle. Oh, great. Yeah. The trial was reported as being theatrical in nature, Mm. with those in the community going to the place in Kentucky where the body had been found and taking limbs from the trees as souvenirs. It's like the raisin thing. I know. Why do people do that? It's weird. It is so weird. It's weird. Citizens would go to the courthouse where the trial was going on in order to buy... Pearl Bryan merchandise. They were buying merch. 
before her time. I don't know if they had like screen printed t-shirts back then, <laughs> but apparently someone was profiting off of this poor girl's murder. Oh my god. I don't know if it was like, you know, free pearl. I don't know. Like, find that head. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my head. Oh no. Don't lose your head. She did. In a horrific way. Yeah. She did. Mm. Stay calm and keep your head. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they said. I don't know know. what the merch included. It didn't say. Mm. But I do know that people were buying Pearl merch. That's what it said. Yikes. This was deemed the trial of the century. Friends of Pearl wanted to go to the courthouse and lynch the two men. So they were put under constant guard 24 hours a day. Obviously. Only certain people were allowed in and out of the courthouse, and it was chaotic, to say the least. Mm. Both men, at the end of the trial, were found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to death by hanging. On the morning of March 20th, 1897, some 14 months after the crime, again, a pretty long time. Pretty long time. Again, usually you're found guilty it's like all right well the next day let's open that cell door and get to it we don't have time for for this we're hanging today we're hanging today we need room in that jail cell so we gotta gotta take care of this um both men were shuffled from their jail cells behind the newport campbell county courthouse and nooses were placed around each of their necks Mm. a large crowd of spectators watched as the men would be hanged simultaneously for their simultaneous crime. Do you think we would have been there? Oh, for sure. To watch that? Well, we were the ones at the tavern who had last seen them. Maybe. I don't know. I don't like hangings. Mm-mm. I think that's, yeah. That's I think a- we were still drinking in the tavern. I think we were drinking away our sorrows. Yeah, we may have taken some of our stash. Yeah. Our cocaine stash our pearl merch yeah we went and got merch and then we we didn't stay for the main <laughs> i was event. wearing the hat yeah. you had on the shirt i had the t-shirt on <laughs> we went and got merch but we didn't stay for like the main event yeah yeah we heard it was going on yeah and we, we just were like of... we're gonna go ahead and head back to the to the tavern well, it was probably nice because the tavern was probably like calm and yeah. quiet there weren't yeah. a lot of people right. there so our, our usual table in the back was open <laughs> We didn't have to worry. It wasn't as bustling right. as normal. Yeah. yeah. We got a lot of attention from Joe, the bartender. Yeah. He's great. like, hey, ladies, you want a sarsaparilla? Yeah. And I was like, no, I need something harder, Joe. And he was like, I hear you. I hear you. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little coke in my sarsaparilla. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Mm. All right. So back to the hanging. When the floor dropped out from under them and the men dropped, they both survived uh, and their necks didn't break. Oh. Yeah. I think at that point, though, you just get to walk. (laughs) No. You know, like, all right. So it didn't work. So, all right. That's all right. You can go. Not so much. No. They died a slow and painful suffocation from the tightness of the rope around their neck, but actually that feels fitting to me. Uh, yeah, you decapitated this pregnant girl. Who was alive when you did it. So, yeah. <sighs> yeah. 
After several minutes, the men were pronounced dead. Mm. So, I mean, can you imagine watching someone suffocate to death? No, I'm glad we were at the tavern. I'm glad we were at the tavern. Yeah. This would be the last hanging at these gallows, which were torn down Can't soon imagine after. Why. Yeah, that feels, that feels a lot. It feels a lot. So, here's the thing. Uh, her ghost seems to haunt uh, Bobby Mackey's music world, which was around that area. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and there's an episode of Ghost Adventures that explored some claims of supernatural activity at Bob Mackey's, but Bobby Mackey's Music World. Um, they used a device uh, to contact the spirit of Scott Jackson and hear him confess to the murder. Yeah, yeah. There was, was also an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yes, there was. There was <sighs> called The one. Ghosts and Demons of Bobby Mackey's mm-hmm. um, in 2017. There was also an episode of The Most Terrifying Places in America in 2009. This was also featured um, on a PRX podcast, Criminal, which focused on the many versions of the folk song about the murder. Um, and then there was also a Seven Pictures called Travel Channel's Believers, Hell's Honky Tonk. Yeah, that talked about sure. haunted country music nightclubs and 19th century story of a pregnant woman and her dead headless body. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Anyway, in 2001, San Francisco-based folklore band The Crooked Jades recorded a song that focused on the murder. That's cool. So, like, there's a lot of... Stuff. Stuff within our culture about this murder. I had never heard of it. I had heard of it from the BuzzFeed episode. Okay, I'd seen actually it. not well, seen when it. When we started talking about, like, dentists, and then the, the pregnant, I was like, oh, I know what this is. I think I know what this is. It is so good. Yeah. I had no idea that we played into this somehow. I know. It's amazing. Yeah, we knew? just keep showing up. We just, throughout history, I can't wait to hear your story next week to see how we played a part in it. Actually, I think this is going to be our new angle. I think that oh. we're going to show up in every story somehow, some way. Okay. That'd be pretty We'll see. Cool. I don't know about next week's, but we'll see. Uh-oh. We'll try. <laughs> uh, we'll make it happen. Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. If you have any feedback for us, hopefully it's positive. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, you can email Haley directly at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. You can find us on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachia and Patreon, patreon.com slash mountainmysteries. Do we have a shout out? We do. Let's go. Yay, we do. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so enthusiastic. Uh, Edwards, Colorado. Woohoo. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Edwards, Colorado. All right. Thanks. Until next week, friends. Bye. Bye.